Dealing with tough parents is just part of youth and amateur sport, but you don't have to take it on the chin. Just have a conversation, call it out, and move on. This week on Tournament Talk, we talk about how to deal with parents. I really need a holiday for my Back to another episode of Tournament Talk, joined again today by Sean Sinclair, or as the internet knows him, Sport Sean. I'm Tourney Boss or Tyler Child. You can hit us up with any questions you have about previous episodes or what we're going to talk about today. This is one of my favorite topics. Uh, as as someone with a, a pretty heavy coaching background, I'm very intrigued by how to deal with parents, how to have the conversation. Um, why you have the conversation and ultimately the fallout from those yep. conversations. <laughs> so Sean, I know you're, you're a coach and a parent and obviously your family's in, involved in organizational structure as mm-hmm. well. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, why don't you kind of lead off with, with your approach to how you handle parents from day one, right? Because I think that for me, just to lead off real quickly, is the biggest mistake that most coaches don't make yeah, is they, they yeah. try to be reactive instead of proactive. For sure, yeah. I think that's exactly where I was going to go, is being proactive with knowing that there will be issues that come up between you know that parent and coach, you know, whether it's playing time, whether it's you know injuries and you know whatever that looks like. It doesn't matter. But having something in place and a conversation, like a team meeting, um, you know, my wife's, uh, their teams, they put out uh, like a full manual, right? And, you know, team policies and everything that people sign off on so that you have a, a leg to stand on later when you need to make quick, tough decisions. Absolutely. Yeah, it's absolutely vital to take the approach uh, ahead of the curve. And, mm-hmm. I, and I know most people aren't necessarily on point with that. Yeah. I mean, some people can't be bothered. Some people are like, hey, you know what? I'm an open book. Just come talk to me about it. Mm-hmm. That is literally the worst thing you can yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. Right? You, you, to your point, you do not have a leg to stand on. So, you know, have you had a positive experience for the most part with parents um, in your blast ball days? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I have not coached at the, you know, higher higher levels that, I, you know, you have or, you know, some of the other coaches out here listening. So, the, the parents are very laid back at this point. Um, still babysitting. Exactly, right? <laughs> they are happy that I'm watching their kid for an hour. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, at, at that age, um, it was great to kind of talk about to all the parents too and just get them involved and talk about what I'm doing so that they're, you know, a little bit more on my page and not just, hey, you know, make sure you watch my son, make sure he doesn't hurt himself. That's right. right. Yeah, I mean, for me, I've always had a higher level of, of athlete mm-hmm. and as mm-hmm. a result, a uh, more competitive parent. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Every parent thinks their kid's going to be an all star. For sure. Yeah. Right. And some are mm-hmm. right. Some just are. And whether mentally they're an all star or physically they're an all star, um, you know, those are very different things. But, you know, the thing that I always did with the parents was eliminate them. Mm-hmm. Right. They, they shouldn't be part of the equation. I think you and I both come from a generation where our parents tried to stay out of the way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For the most part, like my parents weren't involved in my teams. Like my, I think I've talked about it before. Like my dad was a, an all fun coach. Mm-hmm. That's why he coached my brothers because yeah, I yeah. was not that way. Um, I was more competitive and you know, the coaches I had were competitive and I learned from them because they were, they were that cut of cloth. Whereas 
my dad tried to coach us one year and sure it was an interesting year but mm-hmm. you know it didn't it didn't evolve us as athletes because it just it wasn't the right fit right so that's first and foremost right talk to the kids mm-hmm. make sure they understand the expectation of the level that they're at mm-hmm. if you've got a house league team they have a pretty good understanding of where they're at yeah. for the most yeah. part but it's still good to double check hey guys everyone's going to get to play are we all okay with that mm-hmm. yeah cuz you could end up with a couple competitive kids that change the culture of that team. Sure. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's important. I That was the first and foremost thing that I always did before I set any policy, before I had any conversations with the parents, I always went directly to the kids or the athletes and mm-hmm. said, all right, what do you want out of this season? What are your expectations? And take a straw poll. Are you guys okay with us having everyone have a fair chance during regulation? And then when we get to either playoffs or tournaments, the best player is going to play. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean the best player for the season. That means the best player right now because we want the best chance to win. Yeah, yeah, whatever's happening on that and day. So, or, yeah, yeah, exactly, right? So that was the transparency that that you had with the kids. And for me, that's the one that sometimes gets overlooked. I think a lot of coaches just assume mm-hmm. that the kids want to win. Yeah, And that's not always the case, no. right? And And it doesn't mean that every kid is going to – you know, speak their opinion or voice their opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah, especially young kids. They're not going to, you know, speak up if they're not getting playing time. Yeah. They're probably just going to cry on the way home. Right. right but be they, frustrated. But they put their hand up mm-hmm. and in, in, in the crowd maybe yeah. and say, yeah, no, I'm good with the best player playing when it matters. And maybe they're not, right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And that's a learning experience though. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, because I'm sure you found yourself in a situation at some point in time where you're like, I really should be out there right now. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I know yeah. I have, and and you just sit there and you go, "This is the wrong decision." And and as a kid, you know, you look at it differently, mm-hmm. right? Like maybe you see yourself being better, and maybe you're not. Yeah. Right. Like that's that's the lens that you're currently in, but that's an experience, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That you learn and grow from. So let the kid go through that, right? That's part of it, and this is why it's so important to empower the kids first. Yeah. Because. Once they give you that decision, the next thing for me was always, all right, go to the parents. This is what your kids decided. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Now I want you to understand two things. One, if you come to me with a complaint, I'm completely ignoring it. Yeah. It's not, I'm not going to have it. And if it continues to happen, I'm going to address it with your child and tell them that they need to handle their parent. And if they don't follow that, that means they're not progressing as as a, a human being. And that's the job of a coach mm-hmm. is to help mm-hmm. them get better as an athlete and teach them things that they don't necessarily learn from their parents. And that doesn't mean you overstep your bounds, but there's rules and regulations within the game that you can help them with that teach them greater life goals. So yep. that's kind of where you empower the kid to have a conversation with their parent. And you make that clear from the beginning because you don't want to send a kid into a, an un- unwinnable yeah, situation yeah. either, right? <laughs> so having them have that understanding, that's first and foremost. The flip side of that is you empower the kid again by telling the parent that all complaints need to go through their child. Okay. Right? If, okay. They're, if their kid has an issue, then that kid can address it with their coach. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the hardest experiences for a kid. Oh, that 100%, is yeah. a nightmare yeah. for most children. Mm-hmm. That said, they take a huge step forward when they do that mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. now they ha- know how to handle tough conversations for when they have real tough conversations. Like, yeah. hey, yeah. I want to play second base is not a tough conversation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? 
like, hey, I want to raise. That's a tough conversation. Yeah. Right. So that's stuff that you're teaching these kids at a very young age by empowering them. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's the first and foremost. So if you're if you're reading between the lines here, the core message of handling a parent is don't handle the parent. Yeah. Handle mm-hmm. the kid. Right. Teach the kid to handle their parent. Well, and I think that's you know a huge part is that adults or parents have issues with playing time or positions or, or whatever that goes on in a team and the kid really doesn't care. Well, right. and, and let's let's call it uh, call a spade a spade. Yeah. Eight out of ten parents that complain about playing time are more concerned with how much they spent for that kid to be in that program. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah right. Absolutely. And they say, "I paid this much to be here. I deserve X." That's, that's y- not a competitive sports work, right? Correct. Yeah. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so you know, it's yeah. that naivety of that, and and I've said this a million times, and I'll say it again: if that's where your kid falls, mm-hmm. they're in the wrong spot. Yeah. Right. Like from an athlete development standpoint. You should always want your kid to be on the top tier mm-hmm. because they're going to develop physically faster. They're going to get more opportunities. And more importantly, socially, they're going to develop faster because they're going to be put in a position where they must lead. Mm-hmm. It was the best thing that ever happened to me in my life. I got cut from a team I shouldn't have. I was the best player on another team. I learned how to lead. I learned how to work harder. All of that came from that experience. and That's why I'm such a big proponent of it because I went through it myself. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, I think that's a really, really key component of of that experience for the kid, right? So the, it, empowering the child is the most important component. Yeah, I think that's a huge issue, too, in a lot of different sports is parents always wanting uh, their kid to play up, right? Yeah. And putting it in like, oh, he's, you know, 11, but on the 13U team or, you know, whatever age category they're playing up because they're that good like Gretzky did it when he was young right so everyone wants to be the next next Gretzky Um, but like you said bringing back to your point is you're not letting them be that leader on a team and really kind of lead by example and and learn that side of uh, being a teammate yeah and and like I said I mean it's it's a good experience for the kid Mm -hmm. let them go through it let them evolve don't let the parent dictate how their kid turns out and you as a coach don't dictate how that kid turns out. No. Give them experiences to expand their horizon. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. really what it's about. Because, I mean, at the, the end of the day, if a kid needs a parent to push them or a coach to push them, they're never going to reach the next level, mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Right? It doesn't matter how gifted you are. Right? The amount of kids that we've seen in baseball specifically that go play college ball in the U.S., that just don't have the work ethic. They're back yeah. a year later yep. because mm-hmm. they went down there because their GPA was good and they thought they had to go. Mm-hmm. And that's it, yep. right? They got used and abused and they got sent back. Yeah. yeah. Right. You see it a bunch with uh, college catchers, yeah. right? They get down, they catch a whole bunch of bullpens. They're miserable about it. Yeah. And they don't get any at bats. Yeah. They're shipped so out yeah. and back the next yeah. year. Right. And so, you know, understanding these, these conversations on day one, educating the kid, Having the kid understand what they need to do to get what they want, mm-hmm. being transparent about that—that's that's teaching, that's coaching. Yeah, right. And so again, eliminating the parents is the best way to do it. That doesn't mean the parents can't communicate. No, no, of course. Like they're, they're going to be the ones who are going to email you or call you or talk yeah. to you after the game first, right? right? So you can't just be like, "I'm not talking to you ever." Yeah, I mean, the kid is the best filter mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. the kid's going to decide which topic actually is worth talking about 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. Instead of why did you do this today? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is the parent reaction. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I remember, uh, you know, way, way back when we were playing baseball and, you know, as most, let's say better athletes or something, you know, you're playing uh, middle infield, short and second and things like that pitching. And at, Oh, I forget what it maybe midget or no, it was even before that it got moved to the outfield. Right. And, you know, my dad asked me, you know, why that happened. And I was like, Oh, I don't know. I, you know, there's other players who are better in the, the infield than me. And now they exclusively play out there. I love it. It was the most fun I've ever had playing and it's great. But if my, dad had of like pushed that instead of just asking me yeah then you know that could have been a huge issue on the team and maybe we'd go to a different team and i play there and i don't really love baseball and now i'm not playing and then crushing it on the cubs and over 30 <laughs> league, right? that's right that's right <laughs> yeah so you know here's the thing though and this i know you understand this better than most based on that example is like how many kids are pushed into remaining on the infield by their parents mm-hmm. where yeah. they could have been phenomenal outfielders right from day one and guess what? When you get older, yeah. there's more balls hit to the outfield, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right? Until you get older, and then there's more rollover ground yeah, balls yes, to third yes. base. Yeah, <laughs> but but yeah, I mean that that kind of is an experience that's tough to teach the parents. So it's mm-hmm. good that your dad asked that question because it's the right question. Yeah, right. Yeah. You understand the game better than he does, yeah. right? And you know, in many cases, there's a lot of parents out there that don't understand baseball mm-hmm. right and mm-hmm. in other sports as well yeah whatever sport you're yeah i know we spend yeah. a lot of time talking about baseball but the, the same practice applies mm-hmm. um and ultimately it's just a scenario where the kid should be able to express what they're feeling yeah. right and i think a lot of coaches do a bad job of gathering that from the children right like they'll every coach does the let's huddle after the game mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's a yeah. useless experience yeah. Right. Because you go out there and you say, nice job or, hey, guys, we should have done better. Who benefits from that? Yeah. The coach, yep. the yep. coach ego. That's it. <laughs> yeah. That is the only thing that you gain from that, because the real learning experience can't happen there. Mm-hmm. Right. Because yeah. the kids are tuned out. They're they're either super excited and, and want to just go home and jump in the pool or whatever. Or they're completely defeated mm-hmm. and they're not listening. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's not the right place. And we'll spend time on where the right place is, which is practice later. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, ultimately, those are the things that, that you want to have. So, you know, get to the field 15 minutes early and say to the kids, all right, guys, open door this day. If you want to mm-hmm. get here yeah. 15 minutes early and, and air your dirty laundry, let's go for it. The other great way to do the same thing as a team, kangaroo court. Get them all out there. Yeah. Get the kids to have fun with each other. And pick on each other a little bit in a fun manner while mm-hmm. it's monitored by the coach. Yes, yes. <laughs> right? Because you don't want bullying to kind of enter the picture as well. But, you know, kangaroo court is the greatest way to handle team culture mm-hmm. because if you can make fun of yourselves, no one else can. You yeah, have an impenetrable yeah. armor, <laughs> right? And so that's just one of those things that is a great life lesson for the kids. And again, for the coaches out there that, that maybe don't have some of these experiences in their coaching career try it you'll Mm -hmm. be amazed at what you get out of it because there's so many good technically sound coaches they just don't understand how to manage the culture of their team yeah absolutely and and that's the difference Mm -hmm. uh, between a good coach and a great coach uh it's the same conversation of great players don't always make great coaches Mm -hmm. right this is why right because they understand the game and they're technical and all that fun stuff but they miss the teaching moments yeah yeah so other than that, um, anything else that you want to cover in terms of how to manage the parents? I know 
we, we kind of took a, a different direction than I think most people would have expected in this mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. I think a lot of people would have said, okay, what are the conversations? What are the policies you're giving yeah. the parents? Yeah. Um, you know, ultimately, I think, I think the kids are the policy. Yeah. And, and we should all be focused on that. But is there something that from the parent side as a parent that you'd like to see coaches do a better job of? Um, I think in terms of like a maybe explaining or, you know, a coach never has to explain themselves, but making uh, parents aware of the game or the, uh, the activity. Right. So my wife, uh, so she coaches cheerleading and in Canada, relatively new in terms of popularity. Right, mm-hmm. it's always kind of been around, but now it's it's really growing. So there are a lot of parents in here for the first time who really don't understand the sport at all. Right, right? Y- even me, I get a lot of it, but I really don't understand like the real technical things and why a certain kid may be in a certain position or uh, they're this level versus this level. So just saying, you know, and managing that conversation from day one, and you know, explaining the uh, the sport a little bit more some of those non-seasoned parents yeah right like a baseball coach doesn't have to explain you know anything to my son you know or anything i, I get what's happening but something like that that i have no real background in yeah um you know maybe you know they've done things on uh like scoring so it's a judge sport they're scored so they will just explain the scoring to the parents rather than you know fielding you know questions and complaints about oh my kid should have been here blah blah, blah. they make them more aware of the sport well, I mean, it's it's a great um, you know point. I think in today's era where you can make a fairly good video off of your mm-hmm. phone, yeah, yeah. Why are we not doing a better job of educating those exact topics exactly. with video? Yeah. Right. It's a great spot for parents to go learn and educate themselves on the topic mm-hmm. and just just experience it um, differently, right? Yeah. Rather than go to the event and have those like, oh, why the heck did that kid just get that score? They they, they fell. Yeah, right? yeah. But they maybe did the most complex skill exactly. in the whole the whole sport um yeah. the flip side of that right so yeah you know understanding those different intricacies is is a tough thing for coaches to teach so mm-hmm. don't teach it to every parent individually no no create, create content Do quick video right and the same thing going back to you know getting moved to the outfield if a coach had a couple of videos out and like this is what we're looking for in outfielders and you know smart and fast and you know can track balls really well then you know a parent can just reference that video or they've already seen it they're like oh yeah i remember you talked about that yeah my kid's pretty fast hey this makes sense instead of like why is he not playing short well and right. here's something that a lot of parents don't understand just to, to give a, a summarization of this the move of an athlete to mm-hmm. the outfield think about what an error at second base does mm-hmm. okay so a ground ball nobody on base okay an error means there's a runner on first yeah a ball that gets over the right fielder's head is a second or third. Yeah. Double right. Triple, so yeah. you have a runner in scoring position. So it's a vital position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, at the very, very young ages, sure. Yeah. It can be a little boring. Sure. But the other part of that, too, is that a lot of teams and coaches do a bad job of putting their outfielders too deep. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, how many kids in blast ball are hitting balls over the outfield? No. None. No. Yeah. Right. So why are they not just all on the edge of the infield? Exactly. Right. Yeah. Like that's the experience because there's no shortstop at blast ball. It's going to track one over his shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not <laughs> happening. <right? laughs> no. So, you know, we're not tracking anything. That's we'll right. Yeah. Well, and I mean, yeah. for me, too, that that's something, again, we'll touch on in practice is, is you know, you know, getting the, the team to understand or, or getting the, the athletes at a level where they're enjoying practice. Mm-hmm. Right. Because yeah. I know with blast ball, you guys spend a lot of time at the game and 
everybody's running around and it's really just controlled chaos. It, yeah, really it is at that age. Yep. And yep. and there's only so much you can do, but if you shrink the games and you make them more skill development, there's ways to work on those skills. Mm-hmm. You still give them a game experience, but we'll touch on that in future episodes. For sure. Um that's that's kind of how we believe managing parents should happen. Yeah. Um and, and it to your original point about having organizational policies, you still need to have it. All of these conversations that you have with the kids and with the parents should be signed off on and documented very clearly. Yeah. Um yeah, when but, you accept your registration into the onto that team, whether it's electronic or it's a paper copy, like that parent is now signed off. Correct. Right. And if there's, you know, you, know, you can have X number if you're, you know, blowing up on us, you know, one time, then you're out or yeah. whatever, you know, however, you know, serious or lenient you want to be, right? But so that when you make those tough decisions to, you know, worst case scenario, remove a kid off the team for, you know. Uh, conduct from the parents it's right there and you signed off on it i always had in mind the 24 hour policy yeah the the, the 24 policy which everyone assumes is the 24 hour policy Mm -hmm. which is don't email me for 24 hours Mm -hmm. and then don't expect a response for 24 years yeah (laughs) (laughs) so so they get the point real fast when you put it out there like that uh and it's really just again putting those guidelines up front uh, again, preparation, preparation, preparation. We talked sure. about that a lot. Yeah. Um, and then kind of understanding all of those elements. But uh, again, hit us up with, with your parent experiences. I know Sean did a really great uh, series of episodes on Daddy Ball. So be sure to check those out on Sport Travel Radio, wherever you consume your podcast. Um, he did a really good job highlighting some of those political issues that mm-hmm. happen yeah. um, between parent coaches and athletes. And ultimately, all of them are avoidable, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. It's just the hardest part of youth sport politics is removing that ego. Mm-hmm. And so, again, hit Sean up at sport-sean. Uh, check out the podcasts that we we just talked about there. Uh, and if you want to get a hold of me, at Tourney Boss across all platforms. And we'll see you next time on Tournament Talk.